Resnick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck it. Welcome to episode 168 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Anthony Brooks, who in less than two weeks, I'll be joining him in uh, New Orleans, and I'm pretty sure we won't be doing a show that weekend. Uh, Jason, how you doing as we get ready for Extreme Rules? I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, we had our... Uh... My fiance had her bridal shower yesterday. We got some decent gifts, so that was exciting. Uh, Raw wasn't that exciting, but uh, I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah, uh, interesting week in, in, in wrestling for sure. Best of the Super Juniors, great, great match. So looking forward to talking about it with you. Absolutely, and certain things one of us watched, the other one hasn't. So uh, <laughs> as much as we talk about how much we were looking damn forward that, to Damn that DVR. As much as we were looking for the return of Lucha Underground, we'll have to talk about it in, in a week or two. Uh, Good solid first show, but uh, we we will get into that more in the coming weeks. But uh, Jason, I try to be positive while watching wrestling. We had a great main event for uh, Best of Super Juniors, which we'll get into later on with two of the best uh, light heavyweights in the world. But I think we got to start with one of the worst segments of the year, possibly one of the worst segments in years. Be careful. Be careful. This is your life. With Alexa Bliss and three horrible actors and Bailey, who every week becomes less and less likable because I don't understand what the hell her thing is anymore. Uh, please tell please tell me, please tell me you didn't like this train wreck of an awful segment. I mean, you you buried it so much that when I watched it, I was like, eh, it was fine. I thought it was it was WWE. It was like cheesy and corny and it's one of the reasons why people don't watch their shows as much. Like, it was really corny. It was really cheesy. I thought there were some elements that were, like, okay. It was super long. It went, it went, yeah, it went way too long. Um, Alexa Bliss, like, the crowd really crapped on it. That was a big part of it, too. The crowd really shit on it. And it just, it, I mean, it, whatever the intent of the segment was, it didn't get across. And I think whatever you want to say about wrestling, whether something's entertaining or not entertaining or whatever, it wasn't entertaining, and it didn't get the point across. I think that I was trying to get across. And so, and the other issue, Corey, and this is the issue that I had with it, maybe as bad as the segment was, at the end, Bliss still beat her up. So exactly. Bailey didn't even get her revenge on getting embarrassed, and then she got beat up with the Kendall stick on, on. You know, she's got she she's not gaining the upper hand during any of this feud. So, and I mean, I highly doubt she's going to win the match. Uh, so, what, like, what are they doing? So, Alexa Bliss looks like a star and then beats her up. I, just, I don't like what they're doing with the women at all. Just in, in a, I know we were talking about one specific segment, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but just as a whole, I really, really don't like where they're going with the women and what they're doing with them. I, I have not enjoyed it. Um, I think they've done a poor job. You know, I think some of these things are going back to what they used to do back in the day. Um, and, yeah, they're really, really struggling with them. I mean, you, you didn't like the idea that Sasha Banks, who's one of the best wrestle, female wrestlers in the world, is now uh, a dance partner for Rich, Rick Swan and uh, Nia Jax isn't even I'm going to say this. Uh, yeah, that's silly. I don't mind wrestlers deviating from what they normally do. I think that's okay. She's with Rich Swan. They're dancing. Sometimes that's okay. I, I don't mind that totally. But 
when a division is based off of literally two women in a feud that doesn't make any sense, where one character who is kind of a lovable person, they don't really even shine that on her character anymore, and one character who's the heel seems to get the upper hand in anything she's involved in, yet is not a great in-ring worker and is five foot three or four foot three. It just doesn't it doesn't grab me. You know, even last year with Sasha and Charlotte, they traded the titles a little bit too much. But that was a few, right? That was two women who wanted to be the best and they wanted to win. And Charlotte did, you know, some nefarious tactics. But those were two just two stars. They were two stars. And I don't get that. I get them trying to do WWE, WWE trying to do too many gimmicks to make us care about uh, these two women and care about this match. Where I felt like with Sasha and Charlotte, they did do some gimmicks I didn't love, but it, it didn't feel as gimmicky as it does now. You know? And so it is what it is. You know, they, they think people like it. But I think it's been, I think it, the whole feud has been bad. I think the whole thing has been bad. I don't care about watching this match at all. Um, and, you know, it's it's a shame because literally a women's match headlined a WWE pay-per-view. And I don't think we're, I think we've gotten so far, we've, got, we've gone so far from that, um, that we're back to, you know, diva time. You know, that's where we're at now. We're back to diva title, diva title time again. As long as we're not, I mean, if if we see you know, Braun panties matches coming up in the next six months, you know, you know no, what's going we haven't had that in a long time. I mean, that's that's I'm not talking about that. We haven't had Braun panties matches in a long time. I'm talking about just the quality of where we went from. They these women headlined a pay per view. Nice, no, headlined a pay per view. Now we've got corny segments that no, and no one cares about these two. I mean, to me. Yes, we're not Braun panties, Max. I don't. I don't think we're gonna be. I don't think we're ever gonna be there again. I. I. I God willing. But how does this division fall so far so quickly? It's unbelievable. Well, I agree. I mean, this is. I know that I care about this a lot more than you do. But you do. I don't know if you saw this, but this was what the low, the second lowest rated Raw in the last what decade. I mean, it's not just this is your life segments. It's just. And I know it's the same excuse we're going to give every single time. And there's nothing they get to do about it because they're getting money, tons of money from USA Network. But a three-hour wrestling program is too darn long. And it's not even three hours. It's three hours and 15 minutes most weeks. And you're sitting there going, all right, uh, Hulu, the people who have Hulu have the right idea where it's an hour and a half and they cut out all, you know, pretty much all the bullshit. We're, we're stuck with three hours. And you know what? And last week, I'll let you get to your point here in a second, but last week you said uh, they're going up against the NHL. Who cares? NHL beat them on NBC, and I know it's NBC, so there's more people. They beat them. This Monday, they're facing the NHL again. They sh- hopefully, they'll do better. But if, they, if uh, the Cavs figure out a way to win one game, the following week, they're going up against game five of the NBA, and they're going to get killed. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I, I don't know if the well, answer is Brock yeah. Lesnar coming back. They, the shows need to be better. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, and we can talk about that stuff. You know, we'll talk about that more as, as this stuff goes along. But sticking specifically with the women, I, I think they've really done a poor job with them. And I, I hope they figure it out. I think they, you know, I like Alexa Bliss. But Corey, I mean, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Alexa Bliss gets there. And, like, it's, it's just not, it's not going well. It really isn't. Alexa's main claim to fame is her ability on the mic 
but has not been her ability in the ring. And they're trying to, you know, show her ability on the mic by doing these goofy things with her. And, you know, it's not turning out great. So I hope that she gets better in the ring so we don't keep having these horrible segments. You know what? I'll say one last thing on the women. Before this week, I, I that was, besides the uh, Cruiserweight title match, that was the only really the other match I really cared about coming into this pay-per-view. And, and I know that you have five huge stars in the main event, but there's this card... You cared about the women's match more? I thought it was built pretty okay with... Uh, with Alexa well, Bliss how, how, building you, up, was thing. it built to say to show anyway, but that Bailey could win? She get she got destroyed in every segment she was involved in. Before, well, before I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe before last week, at least felt like it was a 50-50 type of build with the I idea of, with the I, with the idea of the big payoff was elect was the idea of Alexa Bliss was going to get her her comeuppance with the kendo stick, and then I think you with that awful segment, and then it ends basically with her getting killed again. All right, uh, maybe some fans at the pay per view are going to be like, "All right, maybe Bailey hits her once or twice with a kendo stick, and that's your happy ending." But I feel the build for this just has gone down the toilet. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, and um, trust me, people, the, this the whole entire show will not be as negative as it is right now. But other key thoughts going into Extreme Rules, which we'll talk about a little more in depth as we go along. I understand with three hours and with three hour shows and half and two brands. You're going to have to have, you know, you're going to run through a lot more key key guys facing each other in main events week to week. I mean, next week on SmackDown, you're going to have, you know, Nakamura versus Kevin Owens, which should be a really fun match. But And your boy and your boy will be at that show. Oh, nice. SmackDown's in Rochester, so uh, I will be there reporting live for the, for the work wrestling. Oh, I, I thought Dugan was going to be there. I didn't know. Oh, you're going to be there? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, I missed the clue there. No, uh... Well, you know, you can let us know what goes on at that show, and you can tell us how many people leave after. Uh, after well, the main yeah, event I mean that's the thing we're live. debating. <laughs> that's the thing we're debating, right? I know you want to get onto the thing. Whether to stay for two or five live, I want to stay. They don't want to stay, but but anyway, that, that's something we can get into later too. But well, go ahead. All right, but um, but you know what? These like I said, these three-hour shows. You got you got two brands right now. The idea of just having you know uh, Roman versus Seth. And a random Monday Night Raw main event and a three-way match between Joe, Bray Wyatt, and um, Finn Balor. On paper, those – and neither match was bad. But you know what? They, I feel like they lose their, their meaning and their intensity when all these matches should be, you know, main events on, paper, on your B-level pay-per-views. Not random Raw, you know, top of the second hour or first hour. And you're sitting there going – all right, I've seen all these matchups. Why should I care about, you know, in an hour and a half ordering a pay-per-view or just watching on the network? I agree. I agree. Um, now, in, in their defense, listen, they got three hours. They got to highlight these guys. They've got to do something. You know, we've already seen Reigns against Rollins a bunch of times. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't love it, but I do understand it. They've got to have these guys face each other. They've got to have the fans get excited for something. So I understand where they're coming from with this. I don't love it, but I do understand where they're coming from. I can't. I'm not going to kill them for this. I, I can't. Uh, trying to think of anything else on Raw that was super important. I guess the one thing that people are talking about, I don't particularly care. But where do you think they're going with this Enzo thing? Is it as obvious as they're making it that Kaz is doing the turn? Or do you think that there's something else going on here? Do you, one of the things that they did was... 
they reintroduced basically the revival as Zoltus, which I thought was done well. But you had the whole thing with Corey Graves, I think the week before, saying, I'd love to shake the hand of the guy who took out Enzo. And then on this week's program, after the confrontation, Kaz shakes, you know, uh, Corey Graves' hand. I mean... I don't, you know what? I don't mind it. Oh, not that I mind I, it, but you can't... You I, I know, think I kind of like it. It's a mid-card, it's a mid-card thing. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, apparently they're, they're... I mean, they're looking to turn Big Kaz into a singles wrestler at some point. Mm-hmm. I think the soft gimmick and whatever was fun for a while. I, I think it's, it's you know, moving on is not the worst thing in the world. Um, I think Cass could be pretty good as a, as, a, as a big man heel. And so, you know, I don't think it's a terrible thing. I think it's interesting to see, like, what they do and how they do it. Um, and and I, I, thought, I actually think it's been okay. I think it's been intriguing. I, we, you know, listen, we're grown men have been watching wrestling for 30 years. We all know how this is supposed to play out. Sure. So it's not as maybe intriguing for us as it was when we were, you know, in, you know, middle school and, you know, the NWO, we were like, but what is Scott Hall and Kevin Nash? What are they talking about? And it, it, we're never going to get a mystery like that again. So everything's going to be anticlimactic compared to that. But I think it's okay. I think it's a decent, you know, it's funny, the midcourt stuff they're doing, I think, is, is almost better than anything else. You know, I'm, I, I enjoyed the Gold Dust thing. I think his character's been really, his promos have been good. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see where they go with Big Cass. And the one thing with WWE, they always jump the shark. So, I don't know, we might get a promo on Extreme Rules and Cass says, I beat him up. You know, I, I hope they drag this out a little bit longer and give us more layers to the story. I, I totally agree. And what you were saying, I, I have no interest in seeing... You know, Cass versus Enzo or Goldust versus R Truth, but I think these little things are being done well. And you wonder if these are just things that are going under the radar of, Mc, of Vince McMahon. So until they actually reach his radar, they'll be good. And all of a sudden he'll realize, oh, we got to do something with this, and it turns into a disaster. So No, I, no, I, I, I think Vince is in on almost everything that happens on all these sh- He's in on everything that happens on all these shows. And I think that the big cast thing is. If, if the rumors are true, and again, it comes back to what we talked about last week, right? Whenever it's a big guy being pushed, it's always oh, yeah, sure. whenever it's a little Whenever it's a little guy, we never know why, whatever. <laughs> but it does seem like he's a fan of Big Cass. And so I could see this being something that he's involved in a little bit more maybe than, you know, the, the tightest brand stuff. Yeah, and all, and all, the, all of you guys will see on the pre-show uh, Titus' client up against Callisto, you know, for the 400th time. That, Really need to see that. But um, let's move on. Unless there's anything else from Roy you want to really cover. Let's quickly talk about SmackDown just uh, so we can move on to a little pay-per-view. I actually thought that SmackDown, for the most part, was a pretty good show. I don't. Once again, I don't think anything was spectacular. I mean, I liked, I liked the build and how they set up the uh, women's money in the bank. I mean, I think they could have just done it the week before. But I think they... Everyone showed a lot of intensity in that brawl that... Yeah, I really liked that brawl. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really did. I was like, I was just kind of hoping one of these women wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. But they were they were knocking the, the snot out of each other. I really actually enjoyed that. I thought it was a very good setup for the Money in the Bank match. I mean, I thought that was good. I mean, I told you last week on the show that I would have gone with Brizango for another for one more pay-per-view because I feel that, yes, they're goofy, but I think the crowd is into them, and I think we could have had one more month of the Usos before the return of uh, the New Day for this feud. But I think their first week of interaction was solid, so I don't think it's a mistake going with the New Day. I would have done it, like I said, I would have done it at SummerSlam. 
but I think that this could be one of the better tag team feuds. And you know what we saw? I don't know if you picked this up. American Alpha actually still exists in the WWE universe. They were mentioned in a promo. I mean, not, nothing else, but they were at least mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they turn those guys heel. I think that probably would be the way to go, um, you know, at some point, whenever they appear on a show. But uh, what do you think of Uso's uh, New Day? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I mean, you know, again, it's one of those things like, you know, they don't, they could not challenge them immediately, but they are the longest reigning tag team champs of all time. So for them to have to work their way up to get a tag team shot, I guess, doesn't make any sense either. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we'll see. This could be a, you know, one of these guys, the new day breaking up. I don't know if that's what they're going to do so soon, but I think it is something interesting, something to think about for sure. Um, yeah, I thought it was a you know nice little back and forth between those two, and I think those those teams will kind of build up their chemistry. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that goes. I think it'll be a pretty good feud, a pretty good match, and uh, yeah, it'll be some good stuff. And you know what? And we I think we've said this in the past, but I I really think that one of the many people that has been helped by talking uh, talking smack is the Usos. I think the Usos after you know what being in this company for like eight years, they finally have characters, and I finally kind of care about them not just being you know really good wrestlers but it feels like they actually have a gimmick and it's just not guys who do a war, you know a war dance you know before they come to the ring i, I actually care about the users for the first time in years yeah and some, you know listen Corey, right sometimes that takes a while stone cold how long did stone cold wrestle before we cared about him he was wrestling in the 80s in, in, in anonymity you know what i mean so sometimes it takes these guys a while to kind of figure out their characters and who they are and how to make that work on TV and things like that. So, you know, it's all good. And I'm glad that Talking Smack was able to kind of give them the vehicle um, to do that. And, yeah, and I, yeah, we're definitely seeing their personalities more. I think their promos are only going to continue to get better and better um, now that they're showing their personalities more. Mm -hmm. So like, the only thing is we don't really know if they're heels or baby faces. I guess they're heels. I think they're heels. But, but they still, you know, they kind of come off as, like, cool. And, and so I could see them eventually turning into big baby faces because of the fact that they are cool. They have swag. I think the kids would like them. You know, those sorts of things. So, um, but for them to be heels now and continue to establish their characters, I, I think it's been good. Uh, last thing for me quickly on SmackDown. I, this is a nitpick, I know. But if you want to get Baron Corbin over as this huge heel who's this badass, takes people out, do you really, you can't hold off uh, Sami Zayn returning, looking 100% fine, a, you know, a week later? I mean, I, I know that I'm nitpicking back in the 80s and in the Attitude Era and all these things. A guy would get the, the living shit kicked out of him one week, and he'd be out for a couple of weeks. He wouldn't be coming back, you know, all happy and you know, d dancing to his music and coming out as if, you know, he wasn't, you know, basically taken back, taken out back and, you know, basically almost killed for what? Like, it was, he was basically almost destroyed for like four or five minutes. He literally got taken out in the stretcher. A week later, he's jumping, he's jumping and, and, and over ropes and dancing like nothing happened. Well, <laughs> I mean, am I, am I wrong with that? No, you're right. That's a, nit, that's, that's a nitpick that I, I agree with, generally. We are old school fans in that sense. If a guy is attacked, to show how dominant he is, he should or the other guy is, he should not be back the next week. Zayn need, need to be back this week anyway because you know he won the match, so he already is you know whatever. So I, I, you're right, I didn't, it wasn't necessary, but it was it was fine. Uh, are you ex and I guess last thing related to that, 
Are you excited for next week in regards to this out of nowhere Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens match? I mean, does it feel like a big deal? I mean, or even a bigger part of that, does besides his intro entrance music, does Shinsuke Nakamura feel like a huge deal right now? You know, I know it's a non-title match, at least as far as we know, but do you care about this match? Actually, it just feels like just a match out of nowhere. I mean, it is a match out of nowhere, um, for sure. It's not even for, like, the U.S. title or anything. I don't believe so, so no. a, You know, it's just a match. Um, I wish they would have made it for the U.S. title. You know what I mean? I think that would have been maybe, you know, just a little more intrigued. Like, oh, is he going to win? The, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I don't know. I, have they made him feel like a star? I think they have. I think it's hard. Like I, to, like I to, keep telling you with the language thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I think like, Sometimes you really can't understand. I don't think you should talk at all. Like, I think you should, shouldn't talk at all. I think you should just kick people's ass, and that's it. That's all you should do. You shouldn't be coming out there cutting promos, talking about this. You know, he's hard to understand. He, he, he is in-ring, fun, great music, great gimmick, kicks people in the face. That's what he should be. He shouldn't be out there talking. It's, I don't know. that. But we said that this was going to happen. Has he felt important? Yes. Because he just got there, and he's already in the money in the bank, and he's already, you know, a, a big influence on the show. He hasn't, he's, he hasn't lost yet. So, no, I think they have made him seem like a big deal. I, I think they have done that. Just the, it's just the talking that's been a problem for me. I, I totally agree. There's nothing else from SmackDown. Uh, you want to move on to a little pay-per-view preview a little bit for that? Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh in basically uh, about an hour and a half, this uh, show will be going on. We have, we've announced a pre-show match. We'll, we'll tell you what it is. Neither of us really care. Kalisto versus Apollo Cruz. I would think Apollo would win just to go and give him a little momentum. But honestly, it, might, it should be fun for four or five minutes, but who cares? Correct. Uh, starting off with the main card, another match that I couldn't care less about. And I think you're going to see a theme here on, on most of these matches. Uh, mixed tag match, Rick Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and the person I guess who wears the pants in that in that uh, relationship, Alicia Fox. Um, I don't care who wins. I mean, I guess just to give a little bit of momentum, I guess Sasha Banks, you know, team wins. But would you do you care or even who cares? I mean, I don't care. I don't care. But I, I do think the baby faces win. All right. Um, the only match I think I really care about at this point, WWE Cruiserweight Championship match, Neville versus Austin Aries in the submissions match. I think this is very intriguing. I think that Neville has been spectacular since uh, winning the title. I think he's really big. And I don't think we talk about him nearly enough on this show, especially the fact that 205 Live is so terrible that neither one is almost watch anymore. But uh, I would think Neville keeps the title. But being a submission match, I think usually you might have a baby face. You know, you don't want to see the baby face lose in this, but I'm going to go with Neville because I think he's been so good. But what do you think? Yeah, I think this is probably the time to change the title or else you're not, or else Austin Aries is going to be back to, you know, um, you, can't, you can't keep wrestling for the title and losing. Mm-hmm. So I do think this is the time you have Aries win. I think Neville has been tremendous. I, I this the, and you're right. We haven't given either guy enough credit. I think they've had a good set of matches. I think their feud's actually been okay. Um, the problem is 205 Live's terrible, so they you don't see a lot of the feud, which is the problem too, right? I mean, if uh, 20, if, if Raw 
instead of just doing, you know, doing some goofy cruiserweight matches, if we got more some some segments about what this means to each guy and about what the cruiserweight means, title means, and stuff like that, and building up this match, and that would be nice. Those segments are saved for 205 Live. So it is what it is. Anyway, um, I do think it'll be a good match. I think this is the time for Aries to win. Obviously, that last chance is it is his finisher. Um, you know, I know Neville has the rings of Saturn, um, but I do expect Aries to win the match. I think it's his time. And, um, yeah, I'm, how long I'll have the title for, who knows, but I think this, this would be the time to give him the, give him the strap. I mean, also, let's be, let's be totally honest. Neither one of us are really super excited to see uh, T.J. Perkins as the next opponent for either one of these guys. So, uh, oh, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they've actually done better with T.J. Perkins since he's kind so of been more of a heel. boring. So, I, I don't know. I think they've done better. With, I think they've done better with them. I really do. Uh, all right, a match that we should both care about a lot, but due to the fact that the Hardys never lose, never even look like they're in danger ever. Hardys versus um, Cesaro and Sheamus in a steel cage match, which I don't know why we're in a, it's a steel cage match. It's not. Why like, the hell? Why the hell not? Why not? It's just like who cares? I mean, I feel that you have to go and uh, put the title change here, but. The Hardys are built so strong that would you really be surprised after winning every match leading into this feud that they, they keep the titles? I mean, you do have the Revival coming back, and I think the idea of if the Revival's healthy, you got Revival versus Hardys at SummerSlam is a big match feel. I mean, Cesaro and Sheamus should win this just because they've been killed the whole time feud. But I, I'm going to go with the Hardys because I just don't... I don't know. I just, I, they... Bodies are getting good reactions for what they are, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you have uh, Sheamus and Cesaro turned heel. Then they beat every tag team in the division. And then they lose every single match they've had against the Hardys. So I don't really know what the WWE is telling you here in terms of who's going to win. Um, I expect the Hardys to win, um, but... It makes more sense to me to have Sheamus and Cesaro win. Yep, exactly. But they haven't seemed to really make sense with this feud in general, how they built Sheamus and Cesaro so strongly and then have them lose all these singles matches. So, I don't know. I, I say the Hardys win, but to me it would make more sense for Sheamus and Cesaro to win. I mean, let's be honest here very quickly on this. This is the same reason why the club has bas- is basically just another team that nobody cares about. Because they went and they built them to, for all these title shots, they and by the time they, you know, they actually won the titles, they were so cold it didn't matter. And you know, at some point you just got to strike while the iron's hot. And then if it doesn't work, maybe you put the titles back on the Hardys. But it's just it's time for a title change. But I just don't see them doing it. Yeah. Uh, next up, the match that I kind of cared about before this past Monday, we spoke about it a lot. Alexa Bliss versus Bailey in a kendo stick on a pole match. So Vince Russo is back in the company, I guess, because we're having uh, things on a pole. But uh, I think I don't think you take the title off Alexa Bliss right now. I mean, at some point, you get the title either on Sasha or uh, Bailey to get into leading into SummerSlam for maybe you know a rematch from their classic match from a couple of years ago at NXT as a basically full circle. But I don't see any reason to take Alexa Bliss, take the title off of Bliss, especially the fact that Bailey doesn't seem like she's even that big of a contender right now. Uh, I agree. I think at this point it doesn't make any sense to take off the title off Alexa, um, which is a big part of the reason why I don't know why they've had her basically be on top during all these segments. 
Um, I think they should keep the title. She just won it. You know, it makes sense to kind of keep the title on her for a little bit. Um, you know, keep that heat on her as this kind of heel who's, you know, kind of Bobby Roode-esque heel who's not really good in the ring but good on the mic and everyone kind of wants to see her lose because she's really not that good. Um, I, you know, so I think it makes sense to keep the title on her for sure. Uh, next, in a feud that basically has been going on, what, since like last SummerSlam it feels like? And the only reason it didn't, it, it stopped was because John Cena needed a match for WrestleMania, but uh, we got the IC title match. Ambrose versus The Miz, and uh, if Ambrose is disqualified, he loses the Intercontinental title. I, 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 I think the obvious thing is for The Miz to win. That's how I feel they've been building it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you have the, uh, the Drifter get involved in this, setting up a Drifter versus Dean Ambrose food coming out of it. I mean, that's how it looks like how they were at least playing it on TV. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, and, and the other thing, too, with Ambrose is... He doesn't have to lose by pinfall, so that way you kind of keep uh, keep him from looking bad. Uh, but then you give the Miz the title, so it makes a lot of sense. And why, why they would agree to have this match? It's it, in an extreme rules pay per view. Seems so stupid. It's, it's a gimmick because you know every match has to be a gimmick, basically. I know, but they do a I don't know a steel chair match or something like a a, a DQ. He can lose by DQ. So can the Miz? Oh, I don't. know. Well, if, if, if you know if the Miz is smart, one second into match, Maurice, you know, hits him with hits. The I know that's the, the point. Everybody knows that that's what they're gonna do. So why are they having a match? Everybody knows that that's what's going to happen. But you know, the one thing I'll, the one thing I will say about this uh, before we move on is the idea of since Dean Ambrose has been IC champion, do you care? I mean, maybe because maybe because Dean, when he has the IC title, feels like maybe it's below him the way the IC no, title. No, because these guys never defend the belt. Because they never, you know, when Cena won the U.S. title, every week he was out there defending it. Right. So you know what we did? We cared about the U.S. title because this guy was defending it against everybody. Yeah. Now these titles are never defended. The only title that's mentioned is the world is the, the Universal title, and we don't even see that champion out there. But at least everybody knows that's the prize. The IC title he never defends. He's not defending it against Rollins or Reigns or Bray Wyatt. So if he's not defending it against the main eventers on the show, then who gives a shit? And that's what, they, that's what they've done. And the Miz, I like the Miz, but he's not a main eventer. And so, you know, the, I mean, that's what it is, right? So I, that, that's why nobody cares about the title. I, I, we, we talk about this all the time. I don't know why they continue to do this. Um, why they can, Maybe the U.S. Open Challenge thing was Cena's idea. I swear I think it might have been Cena's idea. Hey, because, because since Cena... The way they've built, the way they've had these secondary belts, for the most part, it has not been. They have not made them seem like they're impactful at all. I don't know. I, I, I will. I'll say Kevin Owens with the U.S. title right now feels like at least matters. But I, I see. I, you're absolutely correct on your your assessment on that. Um, so going to our should be the main event of the show. Uh, number one contenders match to face uh, whoever actually has universal title. I think his name is Brock Lesnar, but I don't really remember who he is. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe in an Extreme Rules Fatal Five Way match because uh, Braun Strowman got hurt and he's out for supposedly six months, but we all know he'll be back most likely in time for SummerSlam. Um, I think there are two obvious. I think there's only really two people who can win this match. I think it's either Finn Balor or Seth Rollins. I, I don't see them going with your supposed main event. 
for WrestleMania with Roman Reigns just yet. I think Bray, Bray versus Brock, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe Samoa Joe, but I don't, know, I don't know if Samoa Joe's been really built up enough to actually be considered a serious contender. So, I'm, and, you know, Seth, Seth just lost clean on Monday night, and, you know, Finn Balor never lost a title, so I guess you can go with that way, but I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure who's going to win this match yet. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would love to see Joe win it. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I do see Rollins or, Be- or Balor winning. I agree with you. Uh, I think either one of those two can win it. You know, I, I don't know because of the Paul Heyman thing. Yeah, but then it's hard because Rollins lost clean the reins. Uh, so so I, did Finn Balor know. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Maybe it's a weird elimination and neither one of them losing as a three-way match. Um, that would be actually not bad. Um, we're going to say Rollins. Why not? He beat, you know, he beat Triple H. He beat Joe. He's been kind of working his way back as the King Slayer. And then he's, and then you can say, I'm, I'm the King Slayer. Now I'm here to slay the beasts. So we'll go with Rollins. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I think you're most likely right. I mean, I'll be different. I'm gonna, you know what? I mean, that's literally a total guess. I have no, there's, there's been no, okay, this guy's gonna win or that guy's gonna win. I'm, you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Rollins also because I, I think you still have the idea of Bray versus Finn as a big, as a possibility, and I could see them doing Roman versus uh, Joe at the next pay per view, and that's, you know, those are your, you know, your three big matches, which is not a bad, you know, top three. And I think you go back to Balor, maybe, you know, maybe SummerSlam. You know, maybe that's, you know, your main event of SummerSlam. They, they kind of teased it with Heyman, and you keep teasing things, and you have Brock beat up Rollins, you have Balor keep winning on, on Raw, and, you know, maybe that's what you, you know, I don't know if Sherman's going to be back then. I, you mm-hmm. said he might be. So, you know, maybe that's something that you build up to, but that, that's a match that they have that they could go to. So we didn't ask this beforehand, but I'll ask you quickly, I guess now afterwards, what's your interest level on in this wonderful pay-per-view that uh, you, you might be watching, but I think I'll be watching tomorrow because uh, I think I'll be watching the NBA Finals in Silicon Valley uh, tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, uh, four or three, it's low. Yeah. Really, really low. This is one of the lowest I've been for a pay-per-view. In a while. In a while. Like, in a while. Like, I don't care really about any of these. I I care about very, very few of these matches. I, I'm going to say a three. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say about a three. Uh, so, the, I, as far as I can tell, the WWE talk is done for this episode. We're going to cover a couple other things here. So, uh, let's, let's start with uh, Best of the Super Juniors. Overall, I don't know how much of it you got a chance to see. I watched bits and pieces. I thought they were... Some really good matches. I mean, I don't know if anything was super blow away of this is going to be the, you know, this will be in contention as, you know, a top five match of the year. But I thought Kushida versus um, Offspring in the final was was very good. I thought Offspring versus uh, Scroll was very good. I thought Offspring versus Ricochet, you know, if you're seeing a theme here of uh, guys who were in matches together. I thought Ricochet versus Scroll in the uh, final night of the A block. I thought it was pretty solid. I thought, you know, possibly the best match of the uh, the tournament might might have been Kushida versus the the Funky Weapon. Um, Taguchi. Taguchi, yes. Who uh, 
during the rest of the year, it seems like he doesn't, you know, doesn't really care. But when it comes to the last two years, when it's come to uh, the best of the Super Juniors, he's really impressed, in a, you know, in a lot of good ways. Last year versus Osprey, this year I thought he was very good in the tournament. I mean, I'll see if I can put together maybe a little bit of a list of some of the best matches of the tournament this year. But that's most of it. I mean, I didn't love. I don't know how much of you follow, but. I understand why they did it, but I didn't love the story of Liger losing every match until his last one, being his last uh, uh, best of the Super Juniors this year. But I really, I really like the final. I know you got a chance to see the final. What's your some quick thoughts? Yeah, so you know, I watched so many of the matches um, that uh, not a lot stood out to me. You know, I'll say that there weren't a lot of. I didn't see Taguchi. I didn't watch. Many of the older guys, I mostly watched. I tried to watch Girl. I tried to watch. Um, you see ACH versus Kushida? Uh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I watched ACH. That was a solid match. I tried to see ACH. I tried to see Ricochet. I tried to see some of the guys. I thought they were. I thought the matches were were very good, but there weren't really a lot of outstanding matches. I really loved the Ricochet Offspring match. I thought that match had a lot of drama, very good storytelling. I mean, to me, that was. My favorite match of the tournament, other than the okay. uh, Kushida Offspray match, which I thought was a tremendous, tremendous match. It's funny though; I think I liked—I I think I liked the Taguchi Offspray match last year better. I felt like there was there there was more drama in it last year, maybe because Kushida's been a champion already, and he's already established as a kind of a you know, upper mid card you know guy for the division. And we're seeing him again, and Osprey was new. Maybe it was that, but I, I, I really enjoyed the Gushi Osprey match more. I mean, this match was great as well, but that that story I think was was, was probably better. And I guess what they're telling you with Kushida is a guy who he hasn't been winning lately, and he's obviously lost the belt. Now he's a Ring of Honor Television Champion, and, and maybe they're saying, okay, now we're building this guy back up. But Corey, this guy should transition out of this division. I mean, I know they, they need him um, as a workhorse in that division, but they need to start getting him out of that division um, and get him to the, the, the heavyweight division. They need they need him there, I think, in my opinion. Um, That's a good point. But yeah, but yeah, it was a great match. I really enjoyed it. Osprey was probably the star of the tournament, as he continues to be. Um, you know, he works really hard, and he's already been going through some, some injuries, so it'll be interesting to see where his... His career kind of goes, you know, but um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about him in the WWE, right? Like with the Soul Five Live and how last week we talked about how they need a star. When this guy goes into Soul Five Live, he is the star of the division already. You know, it's just they just don't. Have, I mean, all scenarios and and novel aside, they don't have any guy like that. You have no guy like that. I mean, you know, Kushida has been a stalwart in New Japan for years. Yet Osprey's only been there for a couple of years. The fans were cheering him. Like they wanted him to win. Um, and it shows you um, you know, the magnetism and, 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 and that sort of thing. Also, Osprey Dragon Lee, I really enjoyed that match as well. Uh, yeah, I was about to bring that up. I was just thinking about that. Um, last thought on this. Um, I really I really enjoyed the final sequence of the story that they were telling on the idea that uh, that Kushida hasn't, you know, basically has been on the down, the downside since Wrestle yeah. Kingdom, losing that, ma- losing the the rematch uh, in five minutes to Tanahashi. Um, 
I mean, I I don't know if he's winning, you know, his his title back at um, Dominion, but I agree with you. I think that Kushida should be in the G1 this year. They should be, not that I would say giving him the title, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom or anything, but I think they really should do a similar build that they did with Kenny Omega. Absolutely. Kenny Omega, for as long as he was there as a full-time guy, was the basically not not the face, but he was in the junior heavyweight. You had the day after Wrestle Kingdom at the New Beginning show. Did the turn on uh, AJ. He said, "I'm going to be a heavyweight now." Did the whole entire thing of beating all these big guys, winning the G1, headlining, and maybe you know in the six star match of the year, as Dave Meltzer has said. I think you need maybe not this year. Maybe he needs maybe it's one more year in this division. But next year, when we're talking about best of Super Juniors, I don't think Kushida should be in it. Kushida, yeah, I think maybe they could, maybe they just feel like they need him. You know, maybe they just feel like they really need him. I mean, you look at Tiger Mask, Liger, you know, these older guys, and they don't. I mean, you know, Osprey, you know, is a you know is there and is a you know full timer there or. Maybe not a full timer, but he does have a contract with them. Uh, but they don't. I mean, Ricochet. Who knows how long he's going to be there for? Um, you know, Valador Jr. appears during this tournament, Dragon League, but they're, they're not full time guys there. Maybe that's a part of it too. They really need to start developing some 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 uh, juniors. And you know, what? and we'll we'll head out of this very quickly. But one of the things that we you know we often talk about, like with the WWE and a lot of these other companies, you got to build homegrown stars. And I know that we're both Americans, and we're not, and it, and it maybe doesn't feel this way for us. But I think one of the things that Japan has to do, and I think that it helps the Japanese product, if you actually have Japanese stars who they who the fans can build around. You have them in the heavy division. You've had them in Naito. You've had them in Shibata, and hopefully he comes back at some point. You have it in Tanahashi. You had it, and you know. Nakamura. You you have your foreign giant you know, and Okada. Okada, I'm sorry, I forgot the champion. You have, you know, some of your, your foreign stars who do things, but you know what? Just like in America, I think we a lot of times we go and get behind guys who are Americans, right or wrong. You know, so and I think that the the Jap- you need more Japanese stars, especially in like the junior division. I mean, right now your Japanese stars are what? Tai Chi, who's who's terrible. El Dorado, who I don't, who may be Japanese, and he just wrestled for New Japan, uh, you know, for CMML. You know, I'm not sure what he is, but I think that might be one of the re- the reasons why Kushida is still in that division because he is that Japanese star that the fans can go and you know get yeah. behind. Yeah, I mean, Japanese star or just star in general. I mean, he's he's a stalwart of the division. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get, you can put the guy out there in a, in a big match, and he's going to give you a great effort. Um, you know, boy, he took some shots to the head in that match, but uh, you know he's going to give you a good effort. You know that he's, I mean, he's one of the best in-ring workers in the world, and they they know that they can use him. They can always put him in that spot. And you're right; they need to develop guys. You know, and they don't need to be Japanese. I mean, have Jay White go there and start building him him up in, in that division. You know, yeah, he came from know, the system, like so right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one one thing I wanted to bring up is. Uh, another rumor of a of a Ring of Honor guy uh, maybe going uh, to the to uh, WWE. Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle. Um, my name. The lips were my name. His name was on my lips. Dalton Castle. Maybe I think, going. I think there. Dalton might enjoy that. Now, <laughs> now I I think his gimmick Corey is made for the WWE. 
made for the WWE. Um, I think he's charismatic. I think he can talk. I, I, he's, he has a WWE style, um, and he's really good in the ring on top of that. Um, but, man, this Ring of Honor exodus is crazy. I, I don't, I mean, what do you think about Castle going there? We don't have to go into it too much because it's not official or anything like that. Uh, um, do you see it happening? And what do you think his impact can be? Hmm. Uh, do I see it happen? Well, I mean, I, WWE, you know, will take anybody who they think could be a star. I think he should, I think he should be in Ring of Honor for, for, for one more year. Because I think there's so many guys that are going to be coming into a, NXT when when this backlog of talent that finally gets put in, and once again just to say quickly, Adam Cole, baby, uh, watch no no news on that for the second week of uh, him no longer being basically in Ring of Honor, even though he's, I think he's got two more matches coming up. But um, I think he would I think it would take a little time. I don't think you'd bring him right to the main roster, but I, I think it's a good gimmick. Uh, I think he would, I think he would do well there. But is he big enough that he's not? Once he gets up, is he not going to go right to two? Would he not be a two hundred five guy and then just get lost in the shuffle anyway? Uh, that's I mean, that's very possible. It depends on what they do with them. Um, whether I mean, they have to make they might have to make NXT a two hour show with all these guys they might be getting. You know, it's it's cra- it's crazy. Absolutely, it's crazy. Um, I w- I agree with you. I'd like to see Castle stay, challenge for the Ring of Honor. I know he's challenged for the title already, but mm-hmm. really challenge maybe get the title. Um, and kind of stay there for a little bit. I, I would prefer to see him stay, but of course, it's hard to ask these guys, hey, you work for the biggest company in the world. It's, it's hard to, you know, with the money and everything. So it's hard for a guy to say, well, I'm going to stay and develop and get better. You know, it's, you can't blame these guys for wanting to go. Um, but selfishly, yeah, sure, I'd like to see him stay a little bit longer. And I fear that he would get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But you, you also do understand my point here with the idea that we spoke about this last week. You've got Bobby Fish, you've got O'Reilly, you've got possibly yeah. Adam Cole, Bebe, you've got uh, Donovan Dijek, uh, and I'm sure there's someone else I'm thinking, forgetting about right off the top, but you have all these guys who more than likely are on their way to the WWE sooner than later. I think there's so many guys going there right there that he might get lost with so many guys. No, I, mean, I, just, yeah, I just said that, but Corey, it, 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 it's, if you are a professional wrestler, your time is limited. Hey, true, absolutely. Right? If you're a professional athlete, your time is limited. We, talk, we do this thing about sports where, oh, this guy should take a team discount and stay with the team and, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, get your money. Like, you don't, you know, your career is not long. Go get the money that you can get, right? Like, get, get as much money as you can while you can without stealing or being, you know, being criminals from cover. If you can get money in your chosen profession, Go out there and get it. And for professional athletes, which wrestlers are, I mean, they're, they're athletes who are professionals in their sport, mm-hmm. they, they don't have that much time. And who knows with these guys, that the way their bodies go, the, the, the impact, you know, any, they could go at any time. So for me, if that's what he chooses to do, I can never say, ah, you know, oh, no, I agree, I agree. Go, you know. But do I agree that it may not be the best career move? Financially, obviously, we know it'll be a good move. It will be in the best interest of his career. I mean, that, that's, you know, 50-50. I mean, look at Mike Bennett. He went to Impact. I mean, I mean, did that work out for him? I the think miracle? it did. 
I think it did. I think he was. Uh, you think so? I think he's going back. To, I think, and he's another guy. And there's rumors that he's not even going to NXT. He might go right to SmackDown. Supposedly, I think that might be more for wanting Maria back. But I mean, supposedly, you know that showing that he can talk and everything with Maria over the last year at Impact. I think that's one of the reasons why he's going. If the rumors are true, he's going right to the main roster. So I think that worked for him. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take that. Uh, that's that's fine. All right. So it worked for him. But but he but you're right. But you know I'll say this. He did go to Impact, and so that that definitely helped him. I also think not for nothing, Corey Maria is a big help. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, she might be. She's she may be one of the you know the top five talkers in the industry. It's it's, a, it's hilarious right now. But two quick things before we get out of here. One because I don't think we'll have a show up before uh, the Dominion show. I just want to get twofold here. One, what's your interest level going into the biggest rematch of the year? Uh, Okada versus Kenny Omega in I believe seven days. By the time we do a show, most likely next Sunday, uh, Dominion, we're going to have the big rematch, Kenny Omega versus Okada, pretty much their last big show before the show's in L.A. Do you, do you think we get a title change? And What's your interest level? What are you thinking here? God, that's a great question. I, I would, I really think Omega, this is when they usually do these title changes. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, and it'd be a great idea for Omega to go to the U.S. with the elite and the title. So I'm going to pick Omega to win the belt. I think it's going to be a great match. I don't think it's going to be a six-star match. I don't think it needs to be. Um, we kind of talk about that hype all the time. But I think it'll be a very, very good match. And I think I think Omega's going to win. Uh, you know what? I agree with you. And, 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 and Corey, I think you should win. I, I think I, you should win. I agree. And I think the idea of him being the champion heading into the G1 and you can get some challengers set up for him and more than likely have your your rematch at Wrestle Kingdom versus Okada. That's your third match. And if, you know, if Omega decides to resign for another year, you go from there. But I think you've got the idea of your storytelling, especially with, you know, Shibata possibly out forever. And, you know, you don't have, and I don't think Naito, I don't think Naito's your next title challenger. I think that's your story. Omega wins the title at Dominion on next Sunday morning. Okada wins the G1, and you got that that number three, that third matchup next year's Wrestle Kingdom, basically a year in the making. You basically had your WrestleMania, you had your SummerSlam, and you have your next WrestleMania with this this you know trilogy. And like I said, depending on how, if Omega resigns, you go from there. But I think yeah. that's a story that people are going to care about. I, I think the other thing, Corey, is right. Omega was going to possibly leave, right? So it would not surprise me if they promised Omega, okay. You know, you'll win the title. Um, you know, we'll give you the title if you stay. So there could have been some assurances that they give him the belt at some point if he stays. Um, I don't think his contract is long. I, I mean, right? I think it's just for the year. Right, it's a year. So to give him the belt, you know, really makes sense. Um, and then you know, you decide what to do if he decides to leave or what he, whatever he decides to do. Um, but I do think it makes sense for him to to win the belt. And maybe he has some assurances in his contract that, okay, you're going to get the belt at some point within this year. And there's no better time to give him the belt than right now. I totally agree. Uh, and last last thing of the day, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but uh, this whole entire YouTube situation with, uh, with when it comes to professional wrestling, it's I, I know that, Jay, you may not have a huge opinion, but... We put up on, on our uh, Facebook page, 
people, I, I would say, go and sign the petition. I think what they're doing with uh, YouTube and wrestling is a travesty of proportions. Well, Corey, let, let, let's talk to people about it because, like, I, I don't know that. I mean, people know, but I don't think that many people know what's going on. So educate the people about. It. Even I don't really know what's going on. So tell us about it. Okay, so basically, uh, YouTube. Uh, you know, used to have basically with uh, people can put advertisements in front of, you know, their videos. And a lot of people were putting content that was, you know, either sexist, criminal in nature. You know, you had the whole type of thing a couple of months ago with basically someone getting almost killed. I actually think they did get killed on, you know, on a Facebook or a YouTube live. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of problems. And under the new idea of when it comes to advertising, they classified wrestling as one of the things that they're not going to have allowed for advertising. WWE and Impact and ROH haven't been truly affected yet, but a lot of these companies, like I said, What Culture, Progress, a lot of these overseas companies, they basically aren't getting advertising. And basically what they've put up is the idea that the way that they're able to go and put all these free shows out is based on the advertising they can do through, uh, through YouTube. And, you know, there's been a lot of stories going on how, you know, you, you, you've had matches like uh, Alberto Del Rio versus Rey Mysterio. All the talent's getting paid, but the company's not making any money as a result because they can't advertise, you know, for the shows. And as a result, the free shows that they were doing on YouTube every week for what culture are basically now have been canceled. And it's just an ugly situation on if you want independent wrestling to continue and be as profitable as possible – YouTube's got to change their stance on the idea that wrestling is one of these subjects that can't, you know, advertising isn't allowed for. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That, that's interesting. And like so I said, from, now, from YouTube's standpoint, they might be like, well, some of the stuff we don't want on there anyway, because we don't know what the content's going to be. You know, where with Ring of Honor, with Impact, with WWE, it is regulated. They do have an audience that regulates it. When you're putting stuff on YouTube, anything could be on there. So, you know, that maybe it's a thing where they, YouTube, or someone has to, like, watch these shows before they're put on. Because they could put anything on independent wrestling. They can have any, they could have someone taking a shit out there. You know what I mean? I mean, really. Right? So, you know, but with with those other three major companies, they already have television contracts. So someone's holding them to something already. Um, so these independent companies, they don't. So from you from YouTube standpoint, I understand because their content is they're putting something out there and who the hell knows what these independent guys are doing. They could be doing anything and I don't think YouTube's watching these things that clearly. Um, so that's a, a that's an interesting battle. So from one standpoint I definitely get it. But from YouTube standpoint, they're like, we don't want to put this stuff out there and it's, you know, blade matches and guys bleeding all over the place and it's a freaking, you know, train wreck and girls and Kitty's hanging out, and you know, they might not want all that stuff happening. So I don't know what the kind of what, like, what the line is between them being able to review the shows and kind of know the content that's coming out, mm -hmm. or if they even have time to do that, or if that's something they do. And these these independent wrestling companies being able to make money off of you know their shows and having free advertising, which is great for us. So it's a it's a tough tough back and forth. And you know, well, look, and like like we said with a lot of things. Uh, We'll look more into this, and once we hear more information, we'll you know continue to cover this story and see how everything goes. But uh, 
Jason, I think it's that time where you let people know how they can follow me and the show on Twitter. Yeah, and anything else you want to let them know. Absolutely. So uh, please go to WWE Network to watch the amazing Extreme Rules tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we're on Twitter, at work, shoot pod, W-R-I-K-E-D, shoot pod, all one word. According to that Paladin 808, you can check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher, the Work Shoot Podcast, the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us. You get a five-star review. We will read it. It can be awful. You could tell you could say that we are the worst thing ever. If you give us five stars, we will read it on the air. Uh, so check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Our website's www.blogtalkradio.com backslash work shoot podcast. And check us out on Facebook. Just type in the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast or the Workshoot Podcast. We have a fan page. We have a group. Um, uh, check us out. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Thanks. All right. Uh, my last thing quickly. Uh, for those who have uh, the Fight Network or the Fight TV app, I really want to recommend this week uh, ICW's uh, Fight Club. They had a spectacular show with their champion, Joe Coffey, who uh, is one of the rising stars on the uh, English scene. And people now know Pete Dunn, who's the uh, UK champion and also the progress champion. They had about, I think it was like a 25, 30-minute match, which I thought was one of the better matches you'll see this year. I really enjoyed it. And if you get a chance to go out of your way to see ICW in general, because I think it's a really good, strong product, go out of your way to see it. And... Uh, once again, hopefully uh, Jay can figure out his, uh, I don't know, what's this thing called, uh, system so we can actually watch Lucha Underground so we can talk about it again. No, stop. I, I, but like I said, I, we'll talk about it more in the next couple of weeks, but I really thought the... No, so we're not going to have anything to talk about next week for Raw and SmackDown, so we'll have true. plenty of time to talk about Lucha right, But I just want to say the Up All Night match was very good. I thought they did a lot of things right in there, and I thought it was a good way to start the second half of season three, which hopefully will not be the final one. But uh, for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Thank you, as always, for giving us an hour or so of your time to talk about wrestling. And we will be back next week to uh, talk Dominion and to see if Kenny Omega is our our new champion and to see if uh, Roman Reigns is once again in the main event of a WWE show. But, uh, Jason, the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See you.